0: Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Don Crowley joins Stuart Childs from The Parlour to step through best practice in dry cow procedure. Okay, good morning everyone and welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. My um, well thanks to James Gunn for filling in for me last week and Willie Buckley and Fennola and McCoy for... Um, Nola uh, for coming on from AHI to discuss the whole aspect of using reports to select cows and identifying the right cows for, for potential for selective dry cow therapy. So today I'm delighted to be do- joined by Dan Crowley, the milk quality specialist, as you all know, uh, based in Tanakilty. and as you can see there he's down in the pit in Tannacilty there. Uh, so thanks to Anya Reardon who's behind the camera helping us out today to deliver this from the pit. So Dan is going to talk about getting prepared for dry off whether it be selective or whether it be um, the full kit in terms of antibiotic and uh, sealer and the processes that are important to follow in order to have a successful attempt at drying off-coast. So there's, it's, a, it's another piece of the jigsaw I spoke two weeks ago about the whole housing element of it. Don is going to talk about the actual tubing and being prepared for that. Uh, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, all of those elements have to come together in order to have successful dry periods. So Don, I'll throw it over to you there and I'll encourage people to come in with questions as we go along. Um, and I'll try and put them to you as we go, Dan. So thanks very much.
1: No oh, problem, short. So, look, with the rain that's after coming out, it's going to speed things up a little bit, I'd say, for a lot of fellas. And, we'll definitely with housing, um, trying off will probably We in for the month of November. First Cavers will probably be whipped out now in the next week or 10 days if they haven't been whipped out already. But as well, look, I look, the purpose of this display, I suppose, as such, is just to show the preparation that's involved in getting right. As well, this is one of the most important tools that we see to start looking at is the clippers. I think, lads, as farmers, we need to invest in these battery clippers. They're costing about 250 to 350, depending on the make that you'll get, like, but, you know, clipping the tails twice and three times a year. But the first thing, anyway, is we need to start clipping the tails now over the next couple of days. Hopefully, some lads have started. Some lads are in by nice and out by day, and the tails will be dirty, you know, and they'll be probably... The blade will not will probably blunt a little bit. But the clipping of the tails is a crucial aspect in this. Um... Especially with with all drying off, but especially with with selector, because you know if you've got that paintbrush of a tail flapping around the place, especially when they get a little bit distressed and stuff, like everything gets dirty and everything gets wet. So, like if you just look look at what we have here, so we have we've all clippers. Um, I, I got a little trade in for holding my cotton buds with my little teeth sprayers, my medicated wipes. They'll come in all the boxes, so they're going to be there's going to be loads of them. They're like sweets. They're the, then I have my roll of paper towel. This is a handy little trick. I find that more and more fellas are at this like where you get through the black bag and you'll have your balls of cotton wool that you'd make the night before and you'll just fire in your metal-aided spirits in and let it be soggy way. And you could have forty or 50 um, balls of cotton wool inside and that. I suppose what I've done there is I've just opened it back. So I've taken out my cotton buds with my clean gloves into my couple of trays like that. If you had a couple, a half a dozen bottle, bottoms of milk bottles cut, cleaned that you could put your um cotton buds inside it it's it's a real handy little trick so i'm not going back in here to pick out my thing with my gloves or tweezers like stuart said earlier is a great thing just to pick them out because what you don't want is contaminating that because what i'm using them is to sterilize the base of the teeth you know and we'll comment on that afterwards like these products are to sterilize the teeth not to clean them you know what i mean so we need them clean before we go to that process and then you have your CMT kit if you want to paddle test a couple of high codes and stuff like right? that. Ideally to mark the codes then after, whether it's just straps, whether it's just marking spray, you know, you can get your aerosol marking spray as well, um, and your gloves. Now so generally, look, when you're starting the process, I suppose, you know, I thought there was one of the drug companies had a great idea where they would give you new gowns with every box of dry um, trico tubes, which is a great initiative, because they knew the quality standard of the gowns outside there. So, at least farmers then when they were starting, they were starting with a new gown, like this is a very clean gown, and my gloves, I usually, I double glove, I'd start with two gloves, I'd plant two pairs of gloves, and um, some people will go to the extreme where they, on the selective, where they'd actually use a new pair of gloves for every coat that they are selectively drying off. Some farmers will use it trying to find if you've used the wipes, like this, to actually disinfect and clean my gloves between the coat, and using the cotton buds then on the teeth, because, I suppose the one thing about these cotton these, these little medicated wipes, it's just trying to open these out when let's like, say I have a little bit of siling and I, it's very hard to open them out properly. Every time you'd open if you were in the middle of the process, you'd see a little brown staining on it. So really what they are good for is for cleaning gloves between clothes. So I'm disinfecting my gloves within it. But like even at the price of a hundred gloves, they're probably no, they are gonna open price. You could talk twenty, twenty five euro. Like even if I was changing them, the box is going to do even every two coats is going to do fifty, hundred cows on it. So you know, I wouldn't be skip. It's, it's definitely a process, lads, to get into your head, not to skimp on number one, to get prepared. Number two, not to give a time, and number two, not that's not to skimp on. So look for the purposes of we didn't. We don't have cows. We've a couple of um, dummy others here just to try and show the process forward. You know. So my cows are milked, generally, what, what okay, how are, how are people doing, I suppose, what are the issues that we, have? group sizes, the amount of cows we're going to take on, when do we actually do it, so my cows milk, I spent an hour and a half, whatever it is, milking my cows, it's very difficult to face into a job of drying off, without going away and getting a bit of grub, get recharging the batteries, get something to eat, get the place lined down, have my cows drafted out and picked out and let the five or six cows wait beside the collecting yard. I find the advantage of picking them out afterwards after making them stand while you're having the breakfasts. the cows will empty themselves out. They'll have an awful lot of the dunging done in the collecting yard before I go to drying them off. So then look ideally group sizes, 10 cows is probably enough and if you think about it, 10 cows with eight tubes per cow, it's 80 tubes, so 10 cows per person if there's two over there, you could take on 20. And on sealer only to do it properly, realistically, you'll be taking on 10. But I think the real trick, that is is when you're coming in, is to when you're bringing into the pit, maybe to bring in two to three to four. Don't be bringing in a full row of cows because it takes a long time to get through the row and cows get very agitated. It's difficult to get them back into the power a second time anyway because they know there's something wrong. But if you could have your three or four that you can deal with, off out and then go again. You Know so I think, Dan, think that through Stuart, yeah.
0: Is there an element of well as well of if you if you move out to four or five cows again, then you know you're kind of refreshing yourself, it's a change it's as good as a rest rather than tubing, 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 You're oh, kind, kind of, of breaking time. monotony a little bit, like yeah, yeah it just to might refocus you were to were start again, it. like so,
1: exactly. And you know, and it gives you you're dead right there, it gives you that time to say. How did that go? She's like, I did all right there now, the next four now again. You kind of set yourself up and say, jeez, that wasn't as good as I'd like to be. I'd go back again and just, what do we do different? You know, and it's just that thing, it, it is time, guys, because it, it's especially when you're going down and you're getting yourself ready from the point of view of, I need to get it right with my antibiotics and sealer, if that's the process you're going down. But if you're contemplating sealer only, you really need to up your game from the point of view of, of sealer because what I'm actually doing is, I have an uninfected quarter, an uninfected coat, and I'm putting a sealer into that quarter. So if I push something into it, it is the, the 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks to, to really deteriorate the other during that process. But you're right, I think, sure, that's a fair point. Just gives you that time if there was 4 or 5 or 6 or whatever it is. If there's 2 of you, you probably take on 6. Would it, do you know that nice board gone? Like the of looking at 20 down or 30, depending on the size of your parlour, next thing they start dumbing, especially if there's an agitated coincide in it. She upsets the rest of the row. Whereas if she's inside with three or four, you know, I to two, she's gone. The next bunch then will come away on. And I think what you say there, Stuart's a great fine.
0: You know? And you could wash everything um, well done in between them as well.
1: Yeah. You've got all that option's like. You can get uh, a quick calls down. You can get your your things, then ducks in a row. Then you see you can you can maybe that that's the fine for a lot of lads and change the gloves in, like my four or five done. I'll start with new set or clean them down, you know. So you, you're thinking through all that process because it's just hygiene of it, it's just everything, everything taking that little bit of time and just giving it the time and it really sets you up then for the, for the art of head. Because it's a job, really, I find there, you kind of think of the mindset that we're at, that we're thinking now take the 1st of November, take the 1st of December and you're after a hard year and you're just so looking forward to shutting down. You know, I, I see it with a lot of lads, just, just get rid of them, get them done as fast as I can because I just want to shut down, I want to break coming up to Christmas and stuff, I'm burnt out but just don't, Just if you stagger it, stagger it, stagger it, and just give it the time, it'll really stand to you. So, um, I suppose Stuart, we'll do a little bit just on the technique you now, which is look a lot of the bits and stuff. You can see there you now, even look at my gloves. My, gloves, my hand on my rail that. You know, my new gloves. And look at the stage of the gloves there you now, just from hanging around like that, like, and this is a clean palette, to be fair like, but at least, you know, when, you, when that kind of option happens, you so, know, and you do, you can just flip off your glove and, and straight away you, you wear a new pair of gloves then and, and you're back in action then again, like, you know. So, some things like that just to make the process a little bit easier. And if it's easy, it will be done. You know, it's more difficult. Someone will treble glove, like, depends on the gloves themselves, like, you know. So, look, <clears throat> the first thing is what I do is, is, if you ever notice, is like, when you're milking cows, the mistake that a lot of farmers will make is they assume that the teeth is clean after milking, right? And when you lift up the teeth, especially for white teeth, these are black, so it's hard to see. You'll often see a little black dot right at the point of the opening of the teeth. And for a lot of farmers, they don't take any notes of that. They'll put in their antibiotic, they put up their sealer, job done. The antibiotic sees after that contamination a lot of scenarios. Whereas if I do that with a sealer only, I'm going to be in trouble. So... The first thing, anyways, probably a good process is if there's a little bit of dirt, especially at this time of year. is like, if you teeth spray, the teeth spray is very good for lifting dirt off the teeth itself. So if you get, if you get your bit of teeth spray first with your paper towels, and just give it, the teeth a general clean down and a wipe down, just getting any debris off the teeth itself, you're just kind of clean, cleaning it down, trying to make it as clean as possible. Because what you're trying to achieve is, you're trying to make sure that the cotton bud is doing what it's supposed to, which is actually to, to actually disinfect the end of the teeth is clean them. So what you're trying to do now is really what you're doing. How do I actually disinfect this teeth and clean the base of teeth? You always have to start at the front. Why don't I start at the back? Because if I start at the back cleaning, right, and there's a little bit of dirt at the base of my thing, I can potentially contaminate the base of the teeth with my wrists or my hands or whatever because it's microscopic, the bacteria are. So, what you'll do is, you'll try and, that's going around the side, that's our back leg, so you wouldn't usually do that because you kick it up. But let's say you're going in, you're, you're. The next thing, which I don't have, and I should have, and I, is, is the head torch. The head torch is a crucial aspect to this. Forgot to bring it down out of the, the cabinet. But the head torch is crucial because of the shadows and stuff. I just noticed you know it's coming in. This is a fairly bright, type, but you need a head torch for this type of procedure. So you put in, you need to scrub that back, left, like right, you know, give it a good scrub, and you see the fibrous nature of cat wool. It's going to lift off any little bit of dirt that's there, which are because it's seeped in methylated spirits. Then you're disinfecting the teeth as well. And then on my back left. Okay, so
0: what
1: I, what I've done there in, in that scenario you know, is I've tried to go around and disinfect my four teeth without recontaminating them. Then again, so that's why you're always stacking in the front and you end in the back. Um, what you should notice is you should inspect the cotton bud to see if there's much siling in the cotton bud itself, because if there's a good bit of siling on it, it would it's a great practice to go back and just give the four a quick wipe no, because I proper disinfect it, in particular for sealer only of the goats and because I'm moving my cotton bud around but what it's doing now is it's actually doing the disinfecting because they've shifted any organic matter that was on the base of (coughs) the teeth. And that's, um, so have no, my four teeth set up. So whether I'm going antibiotic or sealer, no, or sealer on its own, I'm very confident, no, that at least, no, the base of the teeth are sterilized and clean as much as I can. It's humanly possible. So, like, I suppose then when you're going, you can go your antibiotics then. You see, I suppose this is where you have to think about the scenario this is where help is required for this type of process because, okay, I, I, if I lay them out there, let's say that's the way I do it. The cold dung down, down on top of them, she'll walk down on top of them and she'll just make a fool of it. So I'll have to either have a tray or a vinch here beside me or else I'll have to have help because you'll all notice yourselves when I'm going drying, I always start at the back. So I wipe from the front and I'm starting from the back. So when you go to grab a coast teeth and you go to infuse your, your antibiotic, and your sealer, you always keep contact with the coat because the cow stays calm. If you have to leave contact with the coat to go away to come back to her, they do get very agitated with that and they're inclined to kick or they're inclined to get restless. So when you're there, if you can keep contact with the coat, you put in your dry coat, you put in your sealer, and then you just move from tube to tube and to that and around to so forth. So so, what is, I suppose the first thing is I suppose with our dry coat tubes, when our dry coat tubes, some people bite it off with their, just break it off nice and gently. You're trying to avoid. So that's a sterile tap. The tip of that now the companies have spent a lot of money in sterilizing that. So what you're trying to do is make sure that I make no contact with that. So I have my antibiotic tube. You you, you insert your tube into the feet like that. Let's say she gives a kick, you try and be in a position that you can hold the teeth like that. Now, if she just moved around that you could just hold and you'll insert your, you'll insert your dry coat tube into it, withdraw, and then you're massaging then that up into the teeth, right? Because I'm trying to get the antibiotics from the teeth canal up into the other itself. Okay, stay in contact now with the teeth. Then I'm getting my sealer. Again, the person that has the teeth teeth seal that's given to you should be handing the teeth seal tool you open because I've been to there now with my tongue, and there is a risk that I could contaminate the base net when I'm pushing the top off it so ideally the person that's handing you the tube is actually giving you the sealer then after so I'm I'm pinching the top of the teeth now I'm going to infuse the sealer into it push my sealer into the into the teeth and let it sit now as a nice plug and then withdraw the sealer it's probably no harm to squeeze out a little bit of the sealer out, out, out of the teeth if it if was there, just to, just to show that the sealer is there and that sealer will just smear along the base of the teeth. Um, and that's my sealer then. And i worked in then anti-clockwise then around So my back left, my back right, my front right, my front left. What's well, a good practice then afterwards is to get it, the liquid cream dips like the master sides or one of these this is the, I didn't have some of it left, now but this is the yarder dip so that you can actually dip it with the barrier dip then after your procedure then afterwards and job is done The so just, done is a very antique,
0: um, viscous kind of a product isn't
1: it it is and there's other brand
0: there's other products there as well there's, there's a hyper dip there's a number
1: of them but you're dead right so what it is is it's a very viscous you can buy it in a gallon drums or 10 liter drums just for this process for fellas yep. that are just spraying but you can buy it they won't go through a sprayer and must go through a little cup like this and you can just dip along, and it forms that barrier at the base of the teeth. And look, again, it's just another another aid to try and stop the infection getting in. But I so like that's one thing I, I, I most highlight. Like that is is just the crucial point about having a head torch ready just for this process. Have it working. Have it ready for the point with the shadows and stuff that are in here is a crucial crucial point inside in this because. Um, Sometimes you they're having use now with a while for landlads and the batteries might be working and stuff just to check that the batteries and stuff are working and them. Just those little bits and pieces make an awful difference. Um, but
0: question there yeah. just uh, came in in relation to when should you milk those cows now? Should they like should you be milking them as part of the normal milking routine, drafting them out and then bringing them in or drafting them out and milking them before you dry them? Yeah, good point. Um
1: like there's two schools of thought, but I suppose what farmers have found is, if they milk those cows and they bring them back around and let them stand for an hour, an hour and a half inside the yard, the teats can have closed quite a, and they can be quite difficult to chew afterwards, especially first and second calves. Whereas farmers might find if they milk them straight away, and then uh, if they milk them and then dry them off, that they find it easier to administer the tube then afterwards. I suppose there's two points about it. It's what we find in general the best way is that if you can leave, milk them, draft them, and leave them in the yard, I think there's two advantages in it. Number one, they've emptied themselves out while they're waiting in the collecting yard. Um, that gap is like if you just go in for a half an hour to breakfast, whatever it is, it's still easy, like, the, the process is still easy to administer the tube into the teeth. Like, it, that's not impacting, like, and fellas that are sealing heifers and stuff, know that, that have never been milked. Like, it, it's getting very easy to tube these heifers. Whereas if I do it during the milking process, there are 10, eight to ten minutes to milk them, and then to go to tube them, you know, they could be there for half an hour. There could be a lot of dunging. They can get very agitated when the routine is out way like that. In general, Stuart What we'd be saying is to draft them out, let them stand go away for breakfast and such. And as you say, break them into the bunches. Then afterwards, to let you reset the clock. You
0: know? There's a kind of psychological element mm-hmm. into breaking them into the batches, then too. Like let you kind of li- li- like you said, rather than facing into twenty, you're knocking out four at a time. And there's a bit of progress being made. Whereas you, even if you've eight done out of twenty, you're kind of looking down the line. God, there's another twelve of them still to do. Like and as you said, then they're actually getting quite dirty in the in the in the coast ending then as well. Like. That because yeah, obviously, yeah. no matter how much they've cleared themselves out in the collecting year, they still seem to have, there always seems to be dung there, basically, doesn't there? There is, yeah,
1: uh, there is. Uh, and like, you make two good points, you know, Stuart. The first thing, I suppose, there and the dunging, I heard part of in there and Kilnall made a good point. He said, like, farmers are inclined to give a fluke dose when they're drying off the coals, you know, to get two jobs done. But coals get very loose after fluke dosing. And what he's noticed with outbreaks and astitis and his work, coat. The cubes have got so dirty, and the passenger got so dirty. He, he's he's saying, "Don't fluke those when you're drawing off; that it's just drying off." And, and you know it's a very good point because cows do, especially if you use something like Xanil or something for room and fluke, cows get very very loose afterwards. Like so, something to avoid. The other thing is marking these cows, like it's the biggest thing, especially if you're breaking them off in batches. If they broke out and got into the milking group, like how am I going to identify them? You might have straps for the whole lot of them. So maybe straps with your marking spray, like if they're clearly marked, if they're different, to look at the pinning. Um, some people will clip the tails as they've dried them off so that they know the ones that clip tails, if anything happened, if she jumped the cubes or anything, that they know she is. But like clipping a tail on the day of drying off, like she just isn't as clean. If you can do that the three, four, five, six days, you know what yourselves, lads, you see how clean and stuff they get, the back of the others are a lot cleaner, the hocks are a lot cleaner they're just a way different environment altogether um i and think the one you know, done, two, like, yeah, yes, coming sir. in off as yeah. you say,
0: coming in off a of very low dry matter grass with the last number of weeks mm-hmm. like cows are loose like yeah and they, they, they are, are just like they're, after, yeah, they're really after benefiting from the bit of silage maybe in a lot of cases in the last week or 10 days where people have gone in with it but they are dirty like yeah. across the backs of the others so like i know we've spoken about it before some people flame them. It's, it, I, I believe it's quite common in relation to the robots um, in terms of just yeah. helping the, the sensors to identify the teeth and so forth. But it works mm-hmm. quite well in terms of cleaning up cows, others as well. And again, it's it's all eliminating bacteria it being in the, in the vicinity of the teeth. And that's in spite of whether we're going sealer only or antibiotic and sealer. But it's just making the process cleaner. And even for the point of view from, from what you said about the gloves as well, like, I mean, if the cow has very little hair around the teeth, they're obviously a lot cleaner to be handling as well, in spite of whether they're in or out or what the scenario is with them like.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, looking at cows, they're lately short,
0: like, they, they
1: have got very hairy, like, the last couple of weeks, whether it's just knolls or what, but I suppose they're going into the winter court now and stuff, and they're just, you know, but they're very hairy, like, and in some cows, you'd see the hair is nearly as long as the teats. Like, you know, it's nearly yeah. camouflaged with the teats in some breeds like this particular cow. So the flaming is something I'd, I'd be like, I actually see very, very little of it at farm level. Very, very little. I'd say if I'd seen one or two kids, where people are doing it kind of relative routinely, it's not that widespread. I'd say done more so, well, back 30 years ago probably, but I, it's something I wouldn't see as common. Is it something to come back in? I'd say it would, like, you know, one or two farmers said to me, all right, they just, and you made that point, you says it's like, they don't mad when you're doing it because of the smell of the burning hair, don't they? They get very agitated and stuff, like, you know, when they're doing it. So, again, it must be done a couple of days before you're going drying off. And um, I suppose you just, it's quick, you don't, just to be careful you don't burn, or, or, you know, or, well, it, or hurt them anyway, like, you know, it's a the yellow like flame, you- isn't it?
0: It's a bit like Keith, Keith Barry putting his hand through the flame. down I always—that's what I say to yeah. people when I'd be talking about it. Do you know, it's—it it is yeah. a cool flame technique, kind of. So, it's you'd want to do it quickly, but but I suppose if I stuck a flame in under you, you'd probably give a little jump too, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would. Like, it. and you see the, the, the smell. You see that's the other
1: thing you see is the yeah. smell of burning air. It's so different than like cows or creatures that have it. That just they get excited over that and agitated. So again, it has to be done. Maybe, I don't know, would you do the last row on every go? Do you know, if you did the last row or something? And, and usually it's the same in the last row the whole time. But just you know, something like that, that, that you can that an imagine, but definitely needs to be done a number of days, if not a week before you're actually doing it.
0: You know? yeah. um, and then there's just a question in there in terms of what's the best is there any is the methylated spirits the best disinfectant to use or are there any other ones that you can be using for cleaning the cows and there's actually a question in what antibiotics are to be used as well now it's a little bit off topic but maybe you might make a comment on that as well yeah
1: like Look, I suppose the surgical spirits is probably the best one to get, if you can get it from the point of view, the level of alcohol that's there. If you think about the the wipes, you know, that we're using with the COVID, you know, there's 70% alcohol. That's probably the best one to use, you know, where you, you have, you know, you get your little canisters because it's it's, it's, pro- it's better than the metal lid. It's better, it's probably, you know, from the point of view, as an actual disinfectant, you know, so... Oh. If you have, and plenty of you should probably have those uh, alcohol disinfectants where you just literally disinfect your hands, not a cover type thing. They'd be actually ideal because they are up to seventy eighty percent alcohol, so they would actually be ideal sort for that kind of look
0: Um, got a question? Was
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Be very important to It'd teeth spray after that, though, because they'd be inclined to dry out teeth quite a lot with that. Yeah.
1: You're dead right. Alcohol does. It'll back it off and teeth can dry and chap. So that's where the cream dip after the alcohol disinfectant is brilliant because you've such a high level of emollients and and It's okay. going to keep the teeth lovely and soft even though you use a lot of alcohol then on the hands. You know what's that? When you're any person that was doing that and we all do this but disinfecting it can be hard in your hands. like you know. So, But look, the, 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 the dipping, even if you don't have the liquid cream dip even the teeth spray itself will be huge help. But if you could buy a little can of get them in five liter cans of that mastocyte type product, you know, the liquid creamed up, co-op, so your local merchants will have different And they're all, they're all excellent products, whatever brand, other gold. There's a rake, there, there's a good few up there. Which, this um, was, the thing on, on on the antibiotics, the question of the antibiotics, look, in general, you need to know your enemy. So, you, ideally, we'd have done our culture and sensitivity beforehand. And, and in doing a culture and sensitivity, that's what you, you need to do. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is, is it has to be sterile it must be a sterile container not the milk quality the samples that you have it must be a sterile container that you're having and what do you do first I, my little has come back and there's a cow there and she's six million and what you'll do is you'll paddle test the six million cow and let's say the back right quarter is the high one it's the same i take a sample then from the back right I, I find any of myself is like, if you have to go in under the hole like that, you will contaminate it. I find any like I'd be inclined to keep the bottle back here, just squirt the milk from there. And all I'm looking for is, is just literally a half inch, one, you know, half inch, one centimeter of milk within the bottle itself. And just to cock it, making sure I put it down. But ideally that there's no contamination. Get into the bottle, I'll put the code number and the date on it, pop it into some ice water and send that off. You see what that is, It'll tell me, is it a staph aureus, is it a strep uberus? Maybe it's a combination. If it's staph aureus, you generally need a longer-acting antibiotic Now, where people can get caught. They're using short-acting antibiotics with short milk controls because they're handy for next year. But the biggest thing is your vet is going to look and he's going to see, number one, which antibiotic works, which one is a sensitive and number two, he's probably going to or she is going to go for longer-acting, depending if you have a staph or a strep. Probably a good guide to have as well is, if you have an idea of which mastitis tube works well on your farm, inform your vet about that. Because he'll say, look, you know, synlax or what well, there's there's a corresponding dry code that's very similar to a lot of the antibiotics, lactating coat tubes that are being used. So he might keep you on, or she might keep you on that preparation. So using the culture sensitivity, know your enemy and uh, what bogus is and then your sensitivity will will them up, you know, because as you, can, you can't afford really to get this one wrong because this is my chance of putting an antibiotic preparation for 8, 10, 12 weeks to help reset the clock and won't cure them all, but at least what I'm trying to get is an 85% cure you'll see that in your cell check report so my antibiotic needs to be able to kill 8.5 out of every 10 cows I dry off so that's cows that are over 200,000 of every 10 I dry off they're over ten. my antibiotic should be curing 8 to 9 out of them Eight to nine are the ten should be carrying down under 200,000 next spring, like we went through last week. So, just you know, I, I think, certain,
0: yeah, yeah, no, very good. I think uh, it's a good summary. And I suppose, again, just as a bit of reference material, we have um, the a, on the AHI website, there's a video of the uh, O'Sullivan's in Listoff drawing off cows on their own farm there recently as well, just showing the technique that they use. And I suppose, why did we focus on the Sullivan's? Sullivan's had. Only 50 cows out of 500 cows that actually got an antibiotic and and sealer, um, in uh no, there are a split calving herd all right, um, but in the in the last couple of years they've done an awful lot of selective dry cow and done it very successfully, and it's a very good example to, for people to take an, uh, a uh, view of that video and see how the lads are doing it there, as well. Dan, so I suppose if people want to check in on that, and then I suppose you pointed out being prepared is important, so you need to get the the methylated spirits. Gloves, gloves are hard to be hard got sometimes at the moment with the, again with the whole COVID scenario. Um, marker sprays, making sure gates are well secured and cows are divided. That's a disaster uh, point for people as cows get mixed. Obviously, trying to to know what's what. Um, and then even uh just barrier teeth sprays as opposed to the teeth spray. Maybe using the the lights of the the cream uh, uh dips as you said there to just to soften the um. The the orders yeah. and the teeth are to kind of and act as a border barrier and also to kind of make sure that the teeth doesn't dry out. Um, and just before mm-hmm. I finish, then Dan, actually there's just one final question popped in there. Is it okay to take a milk sample from the bulk tank for culture and sensitivity testing? No, we would have been saying that before. Uh, I think my understanding of yeah. it is we've kind of moved away from that. But, um, they're they're not big fans of them in the labs anymore because they're just a bit too ambiguous.
1: And they are, to be fair, like. You're right Stuart, you see if I take a bulk tank sample of all the bacteria in the farm are in that. So for the lab to differentiate, what actually bogus in the other of the cow? It's too ambiguous, you know, you could be led down a garden path. So you, what you're really doing is you're taking a high heifer, a high second, a high third, a high fourth. The reason people have been advocating doing a bulk tank is just to see is Strepagalactia floating around in the herd. If it was because the bulk tank would pick that up for fear I'd the four individuals. Yes, that's the only valuable tank, is. It, it's of no other value. Like, because the individual cows, what you're trying to do is get the bacteria that's in the other of that coat, not that's in the environment. And the problem with a bulk tank one is all the cocktail of bacteria that's in the environment are going to culture in that. And so, for the lab technicians, they're, look, they're looking at a bulk tank sample, so saying which one is actually relevant towards the coat, you know,
0: yeah. so it's too misleading. So- so I think Willy has a good way of putting it. It's like, um, identify the cow, identify the quarter and take the milk sample from the quarter because you're not diluting the, the sample, just like you showed there a minute ago, you're not diluting the, the uh, by putting in milk from maybe clean quarters into the sample, um, you're kind of diluting down the, the capacity of the lab then to grow that up. So if you just take it yeah. from the actual known infected quarter, you're going to get a better result in terms of the sample.
1: You know, one of the vets made this point, I thought it was a great point, like a third of the samples that go out to the regional vet lab are contaminated. Yeah. So that means if I was, so if you think about this in a logic way, if I was drawing off a hundred cows, that means 30 of those hundred cows teeth were contaminated at, at drawing off procedure. And this what worries us is if, if, if I'm getting a third of my samples contaminated and I'm supposed to have done a good process, I'm going to be right troubled then on cedar only. So it really highlights the thing we need to up our game. So if a third of the samples are, are, a third of the samples are contaminated, and I'm supposed to do the job right, that means I'd contaminate 30 out of 100 cows. Do you know, if you follow that logic through, you know, so it's a, it's a, we really, really have to up our game. And, you know, and I know the farmers are probably sick here, and this talk about this, but it, we're looking at the reports and we see how it's going on and the consequences are huge for the next act that's the problem.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit like the grass scenario, Then, Like, the next lactation starts here, basically, from a drying off oh, point yeah. of view,
1: doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah, just, just the last part there for anyone, maybe a couple of bags of the disinfected line for the coals freshly dried off that you can fire in that cubicle for the first week after drying off or something. And if you have any free milk and that's inclined to leak, course, just drive her back in about five to seven days later on reseal her. That'll stop her
0: okay we'll leave it at that so dan so thanks very much dan and thanks very much to no for behind the camera there and um, we'll be back again next week uh, to talk about the grass targets um whether probably going to do for a lot of the grass scenario but just to make sure that people are closing up the right stages and so forth so we'll have a chat about that next week um my thanks again to both Dan and anya there and wish you all well for the week and we'll talk to you next week thanks that's all for this week's let's talk dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening.